Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thank you for listening again, joining us. Uh, you know, Ryan, yeah. welcome, welcome. Good to see you, my Oh, friend. thank you. Yeah, no, I got to be here. You know, I, ne- <laughs> I never listen to the episodes. I never, ever, ever do. But I listened to the Pete Holmes episode. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good time, right? Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I was like, hey, this was a fun interview. I wasn't like you know, completely turned off by my voice, which was <laughs> nice. I thought I was going to be like, oh, God, shut the F up. But uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you're here for Harvey Guillen, I hope that if you like the podcast, all I ask you is if you can subscribe, write a review. It really helps the podcast. So, hey. We're the little podcast that could. Um, our socials, if you want to follow us, which are important, are Ryan uh, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's true. Mm-hmm. I just picked my nose a little bit. Oh, nice. I uh, also want to support some things that I'd love: um, the Animal Rescue Mission rescues, rehabs, and finds forever homes for abused and neglected animals. Go to theanimalrescuemission.org. Tell Shira Rosenbaum says hello. Uh, also, foodonfoot.org for the homeless situation in Los Angeles, which is is terrible, and uh, you could help them out and donate. Or the Echoes of Hope uh, .org, I think, echoesofhope.org for the um, foster youth, helping foster youth all over Los Angeles, and that truly helps. Three great companies, three great organizations, nonprofits, if you will. Um, so I'll say that. Also, if you want to join Patreon. Join Patreon and support the show. Without Patreon, I don't think the show would be going. So go to patreon.com slash inside of you, and I'll message you back if you become a, a, a patron. And uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I, I To the top tiers, I send boxes of merch with a little note. Uh, you get your name read off at the end of every show. There's YouTube Lives with me, Q&As. There's like a lot of great stuff, bonus episodes. So go to patreon.com slash inside of you and of course the inside of you online store tons of awesome merch and smallville stuff and autographs and tumblers and check it out the inside of you online store um today's guest harvey Guillen from another great one. Oh man. man he is such a great guy what we do in the shadows if you haven't seen the show we really it was an emotional journey it was this great story about him and his mom and you know him coming out and how hard that was and and um you know, it's it's nice to hear people open up because there's a lot of people listening that probably have dealt with similar situations. He's just a great soul. I loved having him here, and we talk really about everything. And so why don't we just get to it? Why don't we get inside of Harvey Guillen? It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You're commenting on all my toys and my gadgets and my posters and my bobbleheads. I like it. I, I'm. I love going to like spaces and seeing. I, I like when a place looks like there's a story. So I feel like there's a story 
to all the pieces here. So there's a conversation to be had. They're my friends. <gasps> They're my friends. My doodles are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I actually made a little short film with some friends. It was called Child. It's about a giant child. Um, and he doesn't stop growing and the parents are played by kids and I play the child <laughs> and you can find it, but it's a, it's a cool little fairy tale short, but he just never, you know, he grows up too fast. He gets too big, too fast. He's eight years old and he's a giant. Right. And it was really fun. It was really a, I don't know why I told you that. I like that. Where's yeah. the poster? You should have a poster for it. Should I have the Gile? I do have a Gile poster somewhere. Yeah. I just didn't put it up. Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah. I like horror. I like slasher thrillers. Um, yeah. I like it. I like it on <laughs> puppets. Yeah. I Is have that Freddy Krueger's hand? That's Freddy Krueger's hand. <laughs> see, wow, see if people are listening, they're going to probably <laughs> go back and watch it because they want to, although they won't see it. Oh, they, they wouldn't won't. see Freddy Krueger's hand. You could just, just see my facial expression seeing everything I'm seeing. Yeah. So that's, good. that's true. Yeah. So where do we meet? Where do we meet? I think we met at a con, Comic Con. Did we meet at a con? Yeah, I think we met at a con. No, wait. We officially met. Oh, <laughs> oh no. you can't say. Can I we? can't say. I was on a you date with a friend of with mine. With a friend of yours, right? Um, and it was it was actually it was cool because it was it was a first date, but it was to see <laughs> you in your show. Um, what do you mean to, for me, my stand up? Yeah, you were opening or doing something. Your buddies with them, and and they had a set, and then I met you that day by association. But it was like the date, and like it was meeting you, and then we went to like Barney's Beanery afterwards. And, yeah, uh, just, yeah, and it was a uh, but yeah. So we kind of met that way, like a soft meet, soft meet. Was uh, it uncomfortable? Was it a what is it? Was it a fun no? Date? You were you were lovely. You were great. No, it was it was it was a fun date. It was just not what I thought it would be. <laughs> What'd and you I, think it would be? Like dinner in a movie? I thought so. It was like dinner in a movie or something. It was like, yeah, I just said you're gonna see me. uh which by the way, we're not saying who this person is, but they're wonderful. wonderful. They're a wonderful person. Uh lovely, lovely comedian. Uh and it's just uh yeah, so it's just like that's how we met. That's how we met and then kinda through like, you know, the Comic Con circuit. How do you like the Comic Cons? I like them. I think I'm the only one in my cast who likes them. Um, I just, I don't know. I think for so long, you know, I grew up in LA and going to Comic Con San Diego was so expensive. And you put like all your effort into going and you really wanted to see those actors or whoever you idolized at those events. So you would go as a fan? I couldn't when I was, I, I was so poor I couldn't afford to go. Really? But you wanted to? <laughs> but I want to. You, you were, okay. And then now with the opportunity to go to the cons and when people, when I don't go to a certain con, people will let me know on socials like, why didn't you go? That's oh, that's the only place because that's as far that you know some cons are like regional, right. so that's as far as someone can drive. That's as far as they're you know, allowed to can afford to travel. Right. So they can only travel one state over or whatever. So it always feels it breaks my heart when I hear stories of people who can't come to San Diego Comic Con so far away. Or they can only go to the Comic-Con in Ohio. And it's like, I drove eight hours to go to the con. Please go to that con. So I try to make as many cons as I can. Just yeah. if my schedule allows it. It's usually in the weekends. And so I don't have a lot of weekends off. But like when I can, I'll try to go to them. Who would you have wanted to see if you had money, if your family had money to go to a San Diego Comic-Con or a Comic-Con? What actors would you be like, oh, I got to meet them. I got to get a picture with them. I mean, like the first one was like this first Spider-Man, you know? So it was like, 
Toby, you know, like I was you're like, a big Toby Maguire. Well, fan. I was at the time. I mean, sure, yeah, he's great. Like I'm just at that time. I was so like, oh my gosh, you know, Spider Man, and it came out on my birthday. Uh, wow. I remember it was uh, yeah, and I was in school and it came out on my birthday. And uh, May third was the premiere of the of the movie, and I was like, oh my gosh, on my birthday. So I was a big Spider Man fan. <laughs> How old were you? Oh my god, I don't remember. I mean, clear by the way. What I'm year just, was this? This was what year did the first one come out? Two thousand. Two. 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 Yeah. So it was 20 years ago. So you were 11. It was 12. a baby. I was a baby. And the fact that I wanted to meet them so bad because, well, it was, you know, when you look at screen and you look at movies and you're like, it's so aspirational, like, wow, Hollywood, glamour, it's, you know, yeah. movie stars. Uh, but then again, like, you know, you never know where life is going to take you. Cause now it's like, now that I get to go to the cons, I don't want to be that actor who didn't go to that one con and made someone's like, Dream didn't country. You know what I mean? <laughs> what about when you go to the cons now? Are there other actors there that you're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so's there? Yeah. I mean, my first time I met William Shatner was at a con and that was really funny. Was he nice? Uh, he was really nice. He's really like, I mean, he, the guy is 90 or 91, 91 years old or something. He's yeah. 91. And he's still going to those cons. I just saw him. Con. We saw him at the last one, the last one in Raleigh. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. So I got to give it to him. He's like... I mean, 91, you know, doing why do, that. Yeah, why do you think he wants to keep doing that at 91? I don't know. To keep going, maybe? To maybe, keep I don't busy? Think he, I don't know. I can't speak for him, but like, I don't know. If, I don't think he needs like any kind of no, he more need money. money or recognition. You know, like, it's like he's, his legacy is established. I think it's more, maybe I, I would hope that it is. I think for me, it would be to connect with the fans. Like to be like, there must be someone out there who hasn't told them how they changed their life, how they made them feel, how they were a part of their childhood. So it must be somebody. You really think that's it? I, mean, I don't know about Bill Shatner. Look, I had a great conversation <laughs> with him one weekend, and he was maybe really money. sweet. It's <laughs> I, I, maybe it's money for his uh, family to give them after. That's to like, true. You know, because I know Stan. Um, uh, Stan Lee. Lee. Stan Lee. Yes. <laughs> God bless. Stan. I was thinking Stan Winston for a second, but Stan Lee <laughs> did the same thing. He would do cons up till the very end, and I kept thinking. Why? Why? But maybe he liked it. He loved the, the fans. He loved. They yeah. helped him create his world. And, yeah, and he did it for them. And yeah. so there's this this symbiotic sort of relationship. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I would hope that it's that. Maybe it is money. Maybe it's money that you know people have bills to pay and families support. Yeah. But uh, I met him through con. What was another one? I just met. The original Red Power Ranger. <laughs> Were you excited about that? Well, yeah, because I mean, again, that's like my childhood. You know wow. what I mean? Wow. So I it's have, like, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch the Power Rangers when yeah. I was a kid. I just, so, did, I, you know, wow. It was all coming together. Like it was, and then also the fact that some of these you know, actors and, and celebrities and whatnot were coming up to me and saying like, oh my gosh, I love your show. And I was like, what? Isn't that yeah. cool? Isn't yeah, that cool when your fellow cool. peers yeah. come up to you and they're like, you're great. And yeah. I saw you, by the way, at Easter Sunday, Joe Coy's new movie at mm -hmm. the premiere. I was like, Joe was asking me to post stuff. And I didn't get an invite to the premiere, but he wanted me to post <laughs> shit. Fuck you, Joe Coy. I have a stepmom that's Filipino. <laughs> he's wonderful. I just met him. I love him. Not so long ago. And uh, it's so great what he's doing, obviously, with the movie and for the Filipino community. And uh, it's the first of its kind, you know, so I definitely have to support. And, and it's like one feather on one of our hats is a feather in all our hats, you know, especially being PLC. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So look, you've done a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm I'm looking at your resume. It's not like you've done thousands of things. You're still building your career. What we do in the shadows was the biggest thing you've done, mm -hmm. right? It was I like I had so, done yeah. a bunch of stuff, and then also in Smallville, and that was the biggest thing I had done. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, first of all, let's go back, back in time. Were you, were you, were you raised by were your mom and dad together? Yeah. So my mom, it was me and my mom for my, the first six years of my life. So she was a single mom working like three jobs, just keeping a roof over our heads. And then when I was six, she met my stepdad and my stepdad was the most wonderful dad. Like I call him, my dad I don't call him my stepdad because he raised me, you know? So Is he still with us? No, he passed away like five years ago. Oh, how hard was that? That was tough because he was such, he was the first person to encourage me to do acting. Really? My mom was very traditional, was wonderful in a traditional Mexican mother sense where she's like, you have to be, you know, abogado or a doctor, like a lawyer or a doctor. And I was like, why are those always the two professions? Like, it's just like, <laughs> why are the hardest professions yeah, the ones that you choose? You have to choose. It's, I think, because she wants, you know, she sacrificed a lot to, you know, come to this country and, and for her offspring to choose. And I want to be an actor. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not the most stable because it isn't this, you Did know, you feel a responsibility almost to her to, to pursue those things. No, not in a way because I've always been stubborn. And I was always like, when she would tell me like, you know, she never said I couldn't do it. She just discouraged me to do it. She said, because uh, when I fell in love with acting was, I saw Annie for the first time on television. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was watching this. I thought it was a movie or a TV show. I didn't know it was a movie. So we didn't go to the movie theaters. That was rich people did that. Like it was a movie. Wow. So you were really poor. We were really poor. Yeah. And I was like, I thought this was a new TV show during my Christmas break. So I couldn't understand what the episodes were so back to back. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just cohesive. Yeah. They're like, wow, this is really well edited. (laughs) The commercial breaks are seamless. Like there's a commercial break and it comes back where I picked up. I was like, this is good. That's good writing. (laughs) This is really good fucking writing. And um, I told my mom, I fell in love with it because these kids were poor dancing and singing. And I was like, oh my gosh, mom, I want to be that when I grow up. I want to be an orphan. And she looked at me weird. And she was like, ¿Estás loco? And she's like, are you crazy? And I was like, well, I want to be an orphan. And she was like, no, son actores, they're actors. I was like, oh, actor. And so. You meant it. I want to be an actor. I don't yeah, want to be an, an orphan. orphan. I don't want your dad <laughs> yeah. to leave me. <laughs> and literally, I was just like, so I told her, well, how do I become an actor? And she said, that's for rich kids. And I was like, you got to be rich to play poor on television. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> and then she goes, no, I mean, they, they take acting classes, dancing and voice and all that. And we don't have money for that. And I was like, oh. so I was kind of discouraged then, but she saw it in my face. And she said, I didn't say you couldn't do it. I said that we can't pay for that. But if you find your way, Miko, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you What's want. What's that mean? If you find your own way. No, Miko. Miko, uh, Miko? my son. Like my it's son. A, oh, okay. It's like a, a, a nice way of saying truly dear, like, like son. Like son, um, you can do whatever you want. And I said, okay, fine, because I'm six years old and I know what to do with my life. Um, (laughs) And we were walking home from school one day and I found out that at the local community center, they're doing like an improv class. And it was like $12.50. And how old are you? This is six. You're six six. years old? And my fellow thespian at school, because we would reenact the Disney Channel thing with the wand. Right. We'd be like, hi, I'm Harvey Keen. You're watching Disney Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Mines would never look good. (laughs) Like, I think he can edit this and maybe gets whatever I'm drawing because it does not look like anything. Uh, So we would practice that and we we thought if we got on Disney Channel, you could be an actor. So that was our ticket in. So we're like, we're going to be on Disney Channel. We just have to take acting classes. And then she found out there was an acting class at a local community center. It was twelve dollars fifty cents for improv class. So two dollars and fifty cents. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars fifty cents. Right. And I was just like, I went to my mom and I was like, "Can I have the money?" She's like, "No." I was like, "We have the money for that." And I was like, oh. "She went to her parents and they gave her twenty. And I was like, "So it started teaching me like the gap of like you know uh, generational wealth, where it was like my mom was struggling just to keep us you know alive, and how lucky it was that my friend could go to her parents, you know who." 
uh, were already paid off with their mortgage, already, you know what I mean? Or like whatever, uh, had a well education uh, degree, job, whatnot. And so I was like, I don't understand the difference here. And so I was like, I had to find another way. I have to get that money. And so we're walking home from school one day and we walked by a park and this homeless man was going through a trash can. And I was like, mom, that's so gross. Why is he doing that? And he said, oh, vende los botes, which means he sells the cans. Right. And I was like, you make money off of trash? And so I went into her closet, got a wire hanger, unhooked into a long finger, got a food for less plastic bag and collected bottles and cans. And that's how I paid for my first improv class. Wow. Yeah. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker. Qualia Synaletic. I've been using this stuff, Ryan, for focus. Uh, I just feel better, a sense of well-being. If you want to help resist aging at the cellular level, you got to try Qualia Synaletic. Um, have you heard about Synaletics, Ryan? Uh, I have a little bit, but why don't you tell me about it's it? It's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why we use Qualia Senolytic. If someone would have told me that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I, you know, I wouldn't have believed it. And then I tried Qualia Senolytic. And just to let you guys know, I was trying this stuff before they became a sponsor, and I've said this before, but it's important to know because I love this product before they were the, uh, our sponsor, and I felt like it was working for me. I felt like I had a focus. I just felt my memory, everything, uh, sense of well-being. I just felt better, and um, I know people, listeners that have come up to me saying how much it works for them. and. I like that. I like that it's it's not just me that notices the effects, but everyone else around me. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with the middle age feeling, also known as zombie cells. They are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. It's kind of like pruning and the yellowing uh, of, of dead leaves off a plant. Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And you get a 100-day money-back guarantee. Um, like I said, my energy levels are up. I feel younger when I take it. I feel more focus, less aches and pains, and Lord knows I have those. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've heard me talk about BetterHelp, and it has helped 
a lot of people, a lot of my friends and family, and uh, it's just so important. I, I find therapy to be so helpful in so many different ways. A lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot inside. I mean, that's a lot of bottles. You're telling me. I went after two weeks and I thought I had plenty of bottles because I hadn't worked out the system about squishing the aluminum can. So I leave it in whole, like its whole entirety into the bag. Hadn't caught up yet. I didn't know the the skills of collecting cans. So I I collected so many bags and I thought the bags themselves would be money, you know, gold, gold in them hills. And I went to the Food for Less and behind the alley, gave all of these bags, all these bags. And the first round was like $5.40 or something like that. And I was like, no. And it took me two weeks to earn these. So I went back to the parks. I crashed quinceañeras. I poured out half <laughs> drink beer bottles and people got mad at me and ran and like totally like hijacked because I needed to pay for this and finally got the money. I took the class. The class was like an hour and a half. It was babysitting because they divided us from six to like nine year olds. Right. And then like 10 to like probably 14 or 15. The older kids got like actual assignments like they were like okay guys improv but like let's make it fun and blah blah and the little kids were just walking around all together in a group and they were just like now you're a lion okay now you're a tiger now you're a bear like all kinds of animals and you're just acting it out and for some reason whatever i was doing was making everyone laugh and i was just like there was this crackle to like performing that i never felt before and i still feel it to this day but it was that was the first day i felt it like i was like whoa people are having fun and i'm making them laugh and i i i can give them a good experience and so entertaining was like what i knew i wanted to do from that day on right from the first improv class you yeah. took you could tell the reception of what you were doing was something fun, something good. You felt good doing it. And yeah. you went back home to your mother and you said, Mom. Yeah, I want to do this again. I want to be an orphan. And <laughs> more, bottles, <laughs> more bottles, more bottles. Yeah, I kept doing it. And it's so funny because whenever someone says like recently with Shadows, they're like, oh my God, what an overnight success, you know? And I was like, mm. for me, it's been a journey, you know? Yeah. So no one sees the the ups and downs or the collecting cans in your six. And I did that for a while. And after a while, I had to get smart to making money quicker. And so I remember when I was little... I was like seven or eight. I would help my stepdad. At that point, my mom had uh, remarried and got with my stepdad. And I would help with this construction company. So in my summers, I'd go and like just haul like bricks over to where they were working. That's seven years old? Seven, seven and eight. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like, you know, huge manual labor. He wouldn't let me do like the big stuff. It was just like move that, you know, three blocks or three bricks or whatever over there, which is totally and how doable. much would he pay you? He paid me like, at the end of the day, I always pay me like 20 bucks or something like that. Which that was, was enough for a class. That's pretty good. Yeah. One day, one day in the summer to get 20 bucks at the end of the day, it's pretty good. And so, and he knew that's what it was feeding. Like he knew that like he was kind of, you know, 
financing that like passion of mine because eventually i heard that there was like a robert power or whatever at the mall kind of thing scenario where they're like you want to be on disney channel then come on down to the mall and sign up for robert power it was like you know uh and i don't know if it was specifically that so if you're listening to robert powers don't come out at me <laughs> but it was one of those things where it was like come to the mall and if you want to be an actor we're looking for young actors and it was a scam it was like they charge you $500 for headshots and that's uh, what you got to get done. All You never went past that. Right. Like they just charge and they give you your headshots. I'm like, here you go. But the headshots cost like 50 bucks to take and they pocket 450. And they disappear. They disappear. But I never did the program because my, I wanted to do it so bad. My mom was like, no, no, no. Something's wrong with like, it sounds weird. No mom, if you just pay for it, they just, they put you on Disney. I was so convinced. And that's how they get their clientele. They get the kids to get excited and get mm-hmm. their parents. And then my mom said no, but my dad saw how heartbroken I was. He was like, like he's like wait in the car I'll, I'll take you in a bit and so he like stalled and like i went in the car he took me to the thing and after listening to this lady sell me on this i knew it was a scam as a child like i was only like eight and i was like and i was like okay but when do we start filming <laughs> like i was like Jeez. asking questions and she was like well you don't start filming hun till you get your picture so if your dad just gives us the 500 right now and i was like no i <laughs> literally told my dad really yeah i was like no and I was like, so I have to take pictures? And like, but just pictures alone are going to cost $100? And she was like, why don't you let your dad pay for that? And I was like, wow. I could just, I was always good at picking up like people's, I don't know, like I could tell if you're a good person or a bad person off the bat. Their energy. Their energy. I'm really big on energy. Yeah, to this day, I go off energy a lot. So something felt wrong. And my dad loved him so much. Like he was about to pay the 500 And I was like, no. And I stopped my dad from paying because I knew I would never forgive myself if he paid $500 for this scam, which I knew was a scam already. Wow. So we walked out of there and I was like, dad. And I was like, no. And I was like, no, no, it's better that. Like, it's not real. And he's like, oh, okay. Because my dad was just going to pay for whatever I want. You know what I mean? And it was really sweet. And like, I remember that day I was like, oh my gosh, he believes in me. Like, he wants me to do this. Nice. And it was That's like the great. encouragement. What cut to, you know, doing a movie in Canada was my first time in Canada he fell ill how was, old were you this was not that long ago this one like five years ago oh wow and uh, I was doing a film there and my dad fell ill because he'd been smoker his whole life and he was in the hospital but my mom didn't tell me because he didn't want to bother me at work oh. and so he'd been in the hospital for like a month and so I would call and like say how you doing he would like pretend that he was okay and then I got back uh, home and literally it was heartbreaking before I got there. My mom was like, just to let you know, he's been in the hospital. I was like, mom, why didn't you tell me? He's like, because he didn't want you to fly back home and worry about it. And I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. I would have left that movie. It was like a stupid movie. You know what I mean? And I just like got back and went to the hospital. It was like July, I think, 2nd. And I saw him in the hospital. I was like, oh, yeah, they put me on all this stuff. It's fine. I'm going to be fine. And I was like, okay, dad. And I was like, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. I was like, okay. And then he passed away that night. <sighs> and I was just like, he waited till I got home. To say goodbye. And I was oh, just like, and he was, God. he was the best dad. And so I miss him terribly, but he totally believed in me. So I hope he's really proud of the work that I've done. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that most of it when someone that you love and look up to, um, supports you and what you want to do Yeah, and gives you unconditional love and says that that's what you want. I mean, there's nothing better. No, it really does make a that. huge difference. You know, it, it, it does. I get it with the parents, you know, who have to be cautious and want to give them like a realistic, but it doesn't hurt to kind of like, you know, always encourage whatever that dream is. Cause you'd rather be happy doing what you love or at least try to do what you love. And if you don't succeed, at least you tried, right. you know, you could always say, I tried it and it wasn't for me. I tried it. It was hard, especially in this business. This business has so many you know peaks and, and valleys yeah. that it's, like it's hard to encourage anyone to get into this business because it really is you know, i always tell people no yeah stay away if you can find anything else it's, anything else you love just as much do that yeah. anything else with stability but 
because you love doing this so much and we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it so much, you know, and yeah. be willing to put up with those valleys because the peaks are so great. How has your mom done without your father? She she's just, she, you know, it's tough for a bit, obviously. Um, but she's done okay. And we have our whole family that live uh, next door to her. Oh, so that's good. she always has support and my nieces and my brothers and my sister are nearby all the time. Uh, in fact, I'm going to see her tomorrow, but yeah, it's so weird to think because now looking at her, look at the result of me wanting to be an actor. The highlight for her was when I was the spokesperson in Metro PCS in Spanish. <laughs> and this was like my early in my career. She would tell everyone about those commercials. Like she, I come over and she'd be having like coffee with like the neighbors and she's like, oh, it's mi hijo, el de Metro PCS. That's my son <laughs> from Metro PCS. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to announce it every time I come home. And he's like, it's mi hijo. <laughs> you know she loved it she loved it because it was in spanish she understood it and it was like commercials are a huge thing in the spanish market so to be in a commercial that repeats itself every commercial break and you're on everyone's screen i would go to restaurants in la and like be hanging out with like you know uh someone in the back and like the the chef or like the runners would be like hey let me throw a piece you know what i mean like and they'd be like oh my god you watch it like you would be famous and Spanish-speaking environment because of the commercial. And then you step out into an English-speaking environment, no one knew who you were. Wow. <laughs> like you walk out and you'd be like, okay, see you guys later. Like, the Metro PCS. <laughs> and then someone would be like, excuse me, sir. You know, it's like, are you the valet? And I was like, what? No, I just... <laughs> no, what are you talking what? about? No. And just like, so it's 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 funny to see that because for my mom, I've hit the pinnacle of like success. With Metro PCS, nothing will ever top that. Like she constantly reminds me, she's like... Oh, the Metro Still PC. to this yeah. day. To this day, she asked me if I'm doing more commercials in Metro PCS. And I was like, Mom, I'm in a hit show, blah, blah. She goes, Oh, pero Metro PCS. Yeah, no. And I was like, No, no more Metro PCS. Metro. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Like so, like I can when, see the disappointment on her face yes, through you. Yes, it's literally oh. every time I see her. Like I, I've like you know gone accolade and won you know awards and stuff. And I'm like, mom, I won a Glad Award, which is like you know great and blah blah. Oh, qué bueno, pero Metro PCS. Metro PCS. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. You've heard me talk about Shopify. It's because I use Shopify. I love it. It's so easy to use. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch or online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Why it's so easy is when I want to add a product, you just go to your Shopify page, and under products, you hit products, it says add a product and then you go in there and you add a picture of your product, which is self-explanatory right there. A little description, how much it weighs, how many of the item you have, and you're ready for business. It's so easy. And I say that because I can do it. And the analytics are easy to see what your best selling product is and uh, you know what's not selling so you don't reorder things that aren't working. And it's just so easy to use, and I, uh, I really dig it. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Yeah, I sell T-shirts and, and tumblers and scripts and 
whatever you want to sell, it doesn't matter. You can do it on Shopify. Once you start selling, Shopify makes getting paid simple by instantly accepting every type of payment. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Rocket Money. Boy, Ryan, have we talked about Rocket Money a lot. We sure have. Well, it's something that it's easy to talk about because it's saving everyone, including myself and you, money. Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had about um, 15 subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for 20 subscriptions each month between streaming services fitness apps and delivery services it's never ending thanks to rocket money i'm no longer wasting money on the ones i forgot about rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings in fact had this trial period for something that i was consider using mm -hmm. and then you go in there and you realize, oh, add-ons are $4.99, or this is $3.99. And then you want to give it a shot, so you kind of add these add-ons, which add a hell of a lot to what you're originally spending. And then you forget about it for like three months. Mm -hmm. You're like, what am I doing? This, this should be against the law. But the closest thing you could do uh, then to fight these claims is have Rocket Money do it for you. Uh, with Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. And I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll even help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. This is what I need. I need people like this in my life. I need apps like this in my life. I need Rocket Money in my life, Ryan. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Did you, um, do you remember when you came out to your mother? 
Yes, I came out when she kept insisting that my friend, who's my best friend to this day, um, Adriana, was so pretty. She was like, Adriana está bien bonita. Like, oh, she's really pretty. She is really pretty. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to my mother, Adriana is queer. <laughs> she's right. a lesbian. And I was like, yeah, she's really beautiful. And she's like, pero no tiene novio? She has no boyfriend? I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think she's... <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. And it's not my place to tell someone. And how old you know, were you at this point? This was high school. High school. This was high school. Like, this was like sophomore in high school. Maybe junior year. And... My mom always knew, but she never uh, officially had an answer or a, a, a sentence or a quote for me to to validate what her hunts or her you know, hunch was. Were, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it was weird because I knew she knew. How did you know she knew? I think a mother always knows, you know, like, I think it's just like, and I think me singing show tunes, uh, you know, at our, at, our, at our gatherings, that's true. And I don't want to like, you know, uh, categorize, you know, people who sing show tunes, but like, I think I was always free in my being that like, I thought she knew because I was always accused of it by others. Was that hard? It was hard because she always would have to put up with that. Like, you know, one of my, my, um, traumatic memories of knowing that I was different and knowing that it was because I was queer was because I was in Mexico with my Tonka truck, which I like playing with Tonka trucks, very manly, very boy. Yeah. But also had dolls. And so you had dolls and you had Tonka trucks. And then people are like, what's going on here? You know? And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, play with my Tonka track. Oh, so play with my doll. You know? And it's just like, um, boys don't play with dolls. Like I remember having a conversation with like the local kids where my grandma's like, you know, ranch thing was. And it was like, they could tell that I was just myself. And for some reason that was threatening and it was weird because it was different. And I just always love playing and make believe. And so I remember like I was trying to play trucks with these boys and they're like, we can't play trucks with you because my brother says you're a mariposa. What's that mean? My brother says you're a butterfly, which is a, a derogatory way of saying you're you're gay. Oh, and, and I was like, hurt. And that I didn't understand it. And I was like, Mariposa. I was like, they're beautiful. What's wrong with them? I didn't know what the negative connotation to Mariposa was at that age. Right. Because it was pretty young. And so they were saying it over and over. And I was like, what do you, what? Like I, and then I knew it was bad. I knew it was bad because I felt it. And I felt that it felt bad to be this because you don't like it and you don't like me being this. Oh. And it was like, they kept chanting it. Mariposa, 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 mariposa. And I was like, why do I want to play with you anyways? And I grabbed my Tonka truck and I walked away. And they kept chanting it over and they and then I felt something fly to the side of my ear. And then I turned around and it was just like rocks flying towards me. And one of them hit me right here where I have the scar. And I just remember like it gashed my face and just blood gushing over my face. And I just remember crying oh. and running with my truck and I dropped my truck and they kept chanting the word. And I was just covered in dirt because I found the dirt. Now it's dirt and mud on my face. Lord, like, became like mud with the blood and the sand. And there's just like dirt all over, running to my mom, screaming. I was like, they call me mariposa. They call me mariposa. And she said, ¿Quién te que eres mariposa? And I was like, they said it's mariposa. And my mom just looked at me and then she said, ¿Qué importa que te digan que es mariposas? Y las mariposas son bellas. Like, who cares that they called you butterfly? Butterflies are beautiful. And I just remember thinking it was okay, but I know she was making me feel better. Like she was making me feel better about what I was. So I knew she knew at that moment, even at that age, because she'd always protected me from people like that. Because I grew up in a very machismo, you know, environment yeah. and culture. Um, unfortunately, 
Her culture is very much Hispanic, you know? And it was uh, it was heartbreaking because I knew that she was fighting the fight for me. But it was like, I think that moment when I came out, it was more to tell her officially. Like she kept hinting it. She just wanted me to say it. And she basically was like, Que bonita, Adriana. I was like, yeah, she's really pretty. No tiene novio, no. And it's like, pero a lo mejor tú puedes ser su novio. Maybe you can be her boyfriend. And I was like, mom, you know I'm queer, right? And she goes, pues a mí que me importa. I don't care as long as you're happy. She just wanted to hear it. Oh. She just wanted to hear it, I think, for her sake. So we can actually put that to rest. But I think it was, it went without saying because for so many years, she kind of protected me from it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it was more for like, let's just close that chapter. We know it and we said it, it's done. As opposed to like teeter tatter Because I would bring so many girls home. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all your friends. Yeah. And she would always be, she'd be I think she Macho got, man I, I think here. at some point she got confused. She was like, or she got confused that I could be bi. I could, you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just like, so, you know, when I told her, I was like, yeah, I was like, I bring girls home bring like it wasn't like i was bringing them home to like you know take them in my room and like do stuff it was just like i think she couldn't understand like she was like what what's going on or i go on weekend trips you know and some would be with like girls and some would be guys and she's like what's going on you know it's like what's going on here so i think it was more to like a safety thing too you know has just she like, met any of your boyfriends yeah she has she's met uh all of them, actually. Yeah, she's not all of them. Was there one in particular she really liked and she was sad to see go? <clears throat> yes, there was. Um, <laughs> there was one that was particularly hard for her because they were very nice. I don't even want to mention the name because then I don't want to put them on the spotlight. Right. But there was, was someone who was like very lovely. Right? And then those others that she did not care for. And she made it very clear. And she, was she right in the long run? Uh, I think she was right. Yeah, she was right all along. Her like, instincts from, were right. Her instincts were good from good and bad. Right. Her instincts were good. Uh, things didn't work out with the one that she liked, but that was more a personal thing for me. You know, just like, I just don't feel it. And, you know, and right. it's just like, can't you make it feel it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I just don't, you know. Um, but yeah, she's met all of them. Do you think you'd like to get married someday? I don't know. Uh, I think I like the idea. Of, Me too. I, I, have, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And people are always like, well, the, you know, you could always get married. Later. I was like, I don't. I feel like being in a relationship is hard enough that sometimes adding this, I don't know, the strain of like a wedding and like um, a lot of relationships fall apart, I think, during a wedding uh, or the process of a wedding, you know, because yeah, it really shows you the stress and if you can work under stress. And I already got enough stress uh, uh, right now. Like, I don't need any more stress. Do you have a lot of stress? Well, I feel like with my schedule, I don't have a lot of time to have time with a partner that was kind of the reason why the other relationship that or my past relationship dissolved right. was because i shoot out of the country and i can't be home where do you shoot we shoot in toronto you shoot Canada. in toronto mm-hmm. oh. so the reason my last relationship fell apart was because um that person wanted someone home at five and felt heartbroken that we didn't have as much time you know yeah. and it's not fair to that person so literally i was the one who kind of cut it off and was like then you should be with someone who's home at five for dinner and so like, well i want to be with you and it's like but if you want to be with me then you understand that i can't be home you know right so see how that doesn't work and it's like well we'll make it well i'll, I'll give it another go it's like it doesn't sound like because this is the conversation we had earlier it was like i work a lot i travel a lot unfortunately so when i am with someone i'm 150 percent in it like i'm romantic yeah. i try to make efforts to like take you know weekend getaways take vacations to spend time together you need but someone who understands, understands. And has their own thing going going on that you can do your own thing and yeah. there's no questioning it there's no making you feel guilty yes there's no stress yes that's exactly what we need in yes. our lives we need somebody to say go fuck off i'll fuck off yeah and we'll fuck, and we'll off, fuck off together, together. <laughs> yeah exactly is that too much right. to ask for it's not too much to ask because people for. don't get that people are like well i just like so i like my partner to be like by my side i don't i want you to have your own thing yeah. i want you to go do 
and I want you to tell me about it when I see you the next time I see you. Like, Have a that's passion. so cool. And also something about distance makes you long somewhere. You know what I mean? Like if it's like every second of every day is just a lot. You know what I mean? And I've always said it's this. And I was talking to uh, my friend Nicole about this. And she was saying, I want my own room when I'm with someone. And I need a house with my own room, our room that we're together, and your room. And <laughs> yep, you know yep, what I mean? And yep. when we're together, that's our room. When I come home after whatever day I've had, if I need to decompress, and like, let's say I was doing an emotional scene, and just, it always reminds me of that episode of Sex and the City when Carrie Bradshaw comes in, and she's telling, I think it's Burger she's doing at the time, uh, but she says, can you shut up for five minutes? Because you walk in and he starts talking. He's like, hey, babe, how was your day? Which is really positive. Right. Really. Let's fuck you know, off. But yeah, for five minutes. Because that's what you need. Sometimes I, I like to come home. I think we'll be Goldberg at this. Like, I don't want anyone in my home. <laughs> like, I don't, want, I don't want anyone in my house. Like, I just want to go home. And sometimes like, I... Because what we do is we we deal with people every day. So we interact with people. We have to act with people. Uh, we are social with people at parties. That's part of our job. You know, mm-hmm. we go and do that. So when you go home, sometimes I don't want anyone there. Yeah. Literally just want to watch like reality TV. I broke up right before the pandemic, yeah. which was Ooh. the perfect time. I, I think people were like, oh, no, quarantine. Harvey, how are you doing? You're all by yourself. I love it. <laughs> like I literally was like. I'm loving it. Yes, you know, after a while you get lonely and afterwards you have to FaceTime, you know, your family and whatnot. But I actually enjoyed it a little bit because it was like a pause button for a second. And it was like, this is good. This is good for me. For me, it was good. I can't speak for everyone. But for me, it was good. I was like, at least the first couple months. And after a while, you're like, okay, let's you know, get the ball rolling again. Right. But yeah, I just, uh, you need to find someone who's compatible with you that way. Where like they understand they have their own shit going on, go away, come back. Yeah. But that's hard to find. Or sometimes it's hard to date another actor. Mm. And so I stopped dating actors because especially if you're dating another male actor or I was dating someone who was an actor, but most more of a model than anything. Mm, and shallow. And, and also that came with, yes. <laughs> but also that came with a, its own kind of thing where like people would make me feel honored that I was with this person. Like people would be like, no. I was like, oh, this is my uh, partner. And I'm like, oh, Harvey, good job. And I was like, how about good job, good job him? him? Yeah. Like, good job, him. I'm awesome and beautiful. And yeah. And what is like, it? The butterfly? What? what is it? The cocoon. Oh, yeah. Mariposa. <laughs> mariposa. <laughs> beautiful. I'm the mariposa. Uh, but it was so weird. And that was very telling of your friends of who, like, valued, you know. And yes, this this person was very good looking, you know. And right. like what? I, I'm pretty sure I saw pictures of him. Probably. Probably. Mm, sh- he who should not be named. Yeah. But it's just the idea that that we put so much value on that, you know, because you didn't know what was going on behind closed doors. You know, there was a horrible partner. You know what I mean? That there were, uh, yeah, all the stuff that that could be said, that could, you know, could be the opposite of that is not said because you are also trying to keep this relationship uh, afloat because now people have approved it or they want you to be in this relationship. Like, don't miss this one. And it's like, don't miss, why would I be the one? You know, it's like, why? Uh, so that was very hear, I've heard that too, where it's like, you know, we really liked so-and-so. She was a good one. You what do messed, you want me to do? You messed that one why, up. Why is it me? Why is it, you know? I was like, well, she had some dark-ass secrets. She was <laughs> like, the, you did, You guys didn't know her. Like, I'm just saying, we yeah. really liked her. They, she, see, uh, they see the package. Good match for you. Yeah. I'm like, good God, would you shut mm-hmm. up? The packaging looks great, right? Yeah. And then even then, people, people come for you. Um, it came with its own like you know things like where why are they together you know it's just like the the body shaming or like the how this doesn't make sense by society standards you know and it's like well then you know and then take your society standards and shove it up here you know it's just like the idea (laughs) 
so, but that's why I've changed from being open to maybe dating actors. And sometimes, you know, you're going to date, but since my time is kind of limited right now, I haven't been pursuing that avenue. Right, right, right. But, um, but I'm open to like, you know, the last person I did, it was an engineer, you know? So it's like different and just like different where you're like, okay, we can have a conversation. Mix it up. Mix Mix it it up. And nothing to do with the industry. You're still young. So young. you don't need to d- jump in anything. Yeah. You need to take care of you. Yeah. Your career's taking off. Yeah. You've got steady. things going on. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, first of all, I love the movie. Um, Taiki Waititi? Taika. Taika. Taika Waititi. Oh, mother God, I missed it. <laughs> Taika Waititi, right? I saw the movie and I fell in love with it. I couldn't get the song out of my head. You're dead. You're, you're dead. dead. <laughs> this Ryan loves the show. I love the show. I don't watch many shows, and this is one that I watch. I haven't started the fourth season. Yeah, catch up. Uh, I'm going to catch up, but <laughs> I'm current. What? what? I'm current on it. You're so current? You oh, yeah. Oh, tonight's an episode. Is an episode. It? Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, it's what an exciting show to be on. And you, you, were you uncertain that they were going to pick it up? Because they waited a while, didn't they? Well, I didn't know if we were going to... Well, first of all, I didn't know I was going to get the role because Guillermo was written 20 years older than I am. And so uh, I, I got the audition by uh, by accident. I went to a wine and cheese night. You went Hollywood. to wine and cheese night? Wine and cheese night that my friend Mimi Michaels was having. That's not, that's not her stage and that's her name, Mimi Michaels. Mimi Michaels. Um, we met in a commercial set years and years ago, became friends, and she just had a newborn. And she had brought the baby to see the family here on the West Coast, her brother, uh, it was her, her husband, the baby her bro- at her brother's house. And she was like, just come by, say hi. I won't see you for, you know, who knows? Cause I'm going to go back to the East coast and I haven't been able to get back there at that point. So I said, okay. So I went to the wine cheese night. And I met this girl who was there. Her name was Yvonne, her friend, uh, from before that I never met before. And we didn't talk about the Hollywood or business or anything. We we're just having like a good old time. And the next day I get a text from an unknown number and I was like, Hey, you were so fucking funny last night. I was like, thanks who's this? And so it's Yvonne. And I was like, oh, Yvonne from last night. I got your number from Mimi's. Uh, I hope that's okay. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I think you should audition for my fiance's new show. And I was like, your fiance's new show. Yeah. Who's your like, fiance? I was, exactly. I was like, okay, I don't do those kind of films. <laughs> and she was like, no, but you should hurry because ca- they've cast everyone in this show except for this role. And I was like, okay. So I call my agent and tell her, her fiance is Garrett Bash at the time who produces the show. And I told my agent, I was like, I got to get in for this show. And they're like, okay, we'll get you the script and they're like oh wait the characters are you sure that's the character i was like yeah it's 20 years older than you are and i was like oh she said i'd be fine for it so i'm gonna believe a stranger you know go with that and they're on like a whim. on a whim and i was like well maybe i shouldn't go in for it and they're like and i said who's casting it and it's like allison jones i was like oh. i was like allison jones if you know allison jones in hollywood i was like she's cast everything that i've always loved you know bridesmaids the office fresh prince golden girl like you name it you know what i mean and I was just like, I want to go meet her. I've never met her. So I was like, okay, this is my chance. I'll just meet her. I'll just make myself look older. So I got this long sleeve orange shirt and brown sweater vest and Harry Potter glasses. And I don't know, like Guillermo's. And the one that I knew at that time was not a poster in my writing partner's um, office. And it was Guillermo del Toro. And it was from his monster's book. And he had his hair curled to the sides like this. And he had round glasses. And I was like, oh. I was like, I'll mimic that. So I mimic my look off of how, how long did you have to learn your lines? There was like the uh, the complimentary audition, as I call it. Uh, they called that day and the audition was the next day. Did you learn all your lines? I learned everything. I went home and like went over it and I was like, oh shit, he is older. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to play it at my age. I'll play him at my age now. Fine. That's fine. So I was really looking forward to meet Allison, go into the office. And I'm like, I'm here to meet Allison Jones. Like, oh, she's not here. And I was like, well, no, I have an audition for her. No, we'll put you on tape. She's in London audition for Guillermo's okay so i was like great and then they put a microphone on me and i ben the casting associate who's wonderful too and he was like okay and then i remember doing it and i was looking up and then he's a harvey and i went yeah and he goes 
you're done. And I was like, oh, thank I just completely went away. Like, I don't remember what I did for the audition. And I was like, oh, thank you. You were so into it. I was so into it. That you forgot forgot what you had done. done. You didn't know if you'd done well. Nothing. You'd done poorly. Nope. So I walk wow. out, I'm walking out the door and he goes, Harvey, wait. And I go, oh, I think you know, you're going to Hollywood, kid. You know, you should go to the next level. He goes, the microphone. And he takes <laughs> we need the microphone. Harvey. And he took the microphone off of me and I was like, oh, shoot, I, I think I messed it up. And then I went outside and my agent calls her, how'd you do? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, we'll check in. We'll see. Two hours later, they called back and they had shown everyone at FX, Taika, Jermaine, Paul, Stephanie, like her, her fiance, uh, Garrett had seen it. Allison had seen it in London and they all agreed to test me unanimously. They were like, it was the first time they voted to test someone unanimously at the first for the whole run. And I was going to be the wild card because I was too young. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll get to meet them eventually. You know, I'll do the the test and whatnot. So weeks went by. Were you nervous? Anything. Yeah, I was nervous. I was like, this is a test. And I'm always, my career is made out of wild cards. Like if you look at my resume, those roles were never written for me. Some of the roles that you see on like IMDb. That role Eye was, candy. I candy they uh, the original creator uh, wanted to fire me because he thought I was too big and not uh, MTV uh, handsome material. So after the pilot, he fought to like get rid of me, and then the fans were like, "We love that character," and they're like, "No, okay, keep him, keep him." But I wow. found out this afterwards. What about like, the magicians? Magicians was not for me. They told me that uh, um, I couldn't send my tape in because they had options in LA. But I was shooting in Vancouver, and they shoot in Vancouver, so I was sneaky and got an audition through the Vancouver office. So as long as I got on tape, and the producers saw me, they liked it, and they liked it, and they told the casting office in LA, "We found this guy in Vancouver, who Harvey," and they're like, "But we told him no." And it wasn't written for, like, it wasn't meant for me. Like, they didn't want me to audition for it. You forced your way in. I forced myself in. Well, they originally gave me an audition, and they took the audition away because they said, we have enough uh, options in LA. Don't worry about it. So uh. that was going to put myself on tape, and they didn't want to see tapes from Vancouver because they have an office there. They're like, no, don't worry about it. We have options, and we're going to producers tomorrow. And I was like, I learned the lines. Why did you tell me to put myself on tape? So a part of me was stubborn. I was like, no, there has to be a way around. I already learned the lines, you know? Right. So I got the audition in Vancouver. They send the tape to producers. The producers told the casting office in LA, we found this guy. <laughs> and it was the guy they told no to. So back to what we do in the shadows. You're waiting a couple of weeks waiting now. a couple of weeks. And then it's I don't hear anything. So I think they're starting production on that Tuesday. This is a Sunday now. So it's over. It's over. I'm not doing this. I'm with my sister. She's keeping my cheer, you know, trying to cheer me up and keep my spirits up. We go to the mall and we're walking around because that's what we do when you're low in the dumps. Um, and she, my phone keeps ringing like from a 16 digit number. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'd ignore it. Eventually she's in the car and she's like, will you pick up the fucking phone? And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, hello. And I was like, hey, is this Javi? And I was like, yeah. Hey, it's Taika and Jermaine. Hi, uh, Mr. Waititi. Yes, I, I think I'm testing for you. No, you're not testing for us. Thank you so much. And I was like, thank you so much for the opportunity. I wish you all the best. <laughs> like I thought he was calling me because, you know, sometimes when you're on hold, they call you and they're like, not going your way. You know, they tell you that they give you a complimentary call and say they're going a different direction, you know? Right, right. So I thought that's what they were doing. I thought they were calling to say, thank you, but we're starting this week already, but you did a great audition or whatever. So I was like, thank you so much for the opportunity. I wish you all the best. And now we'll see you on set. And I was like, what? And it's like, yeah, we'll see you on set. And it was a Sunday. Monday was Martin Luther King day and Tuesday I had a fitting and Wednesday I was on set. And I booked it. Yeah. Hollywood. What was your first day on set like? Were you A, intimidated, <laughs> B, nervous as shit, C, I mean, what were the emotions or were you confident you're ready to go or were you just overwhelmed? <laughs> I was, I was just looking forward to meeting 
Taika and Jermaine, obviously, because by that point I'd seen the movie and I was such a fan and Flight of the Concord and all that. And oh, yeah. so I was just excited to meet them. But I was more nervous to meet the cast because I was going to have to act opposite of Kayvon. I never had the chemistry read. So, you know, in Hollywood, that can make or break a, a character yeah. storyline. And I, I was nervous to meet him. And so I was like, oh, please, because the script is so good. I knew the script was good. I was like, if I just make this pilot and the pilot doesn't go, I'll have this footage, right? I'll have this footage. Like I can keep this because this is so good. Like I was like, the script is so good. And I got to set and the first thing came, I was like, hey, man. And he just like gave me this huge hug and he was so welcoming and loving. I was like, thank God, you know, and 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 it worked out. We shot the pilot. And after I shot the pilot, I knew that it was really special. Like I was like, we have to get picked. This is crazy. Like this is such a good show. Uh, but good shows don't tend to last long. You know, yeah. like sometimes they get canned really quickly. And that had been the trajectory up to that part. I was really proud of the shows that I've done. Like Eye Candy was a book made into a series, only did one season. Super expensive to make, but beautifully shot. And it was like a movie. Um, Huge was a book by Sasha Paley made into a series, which was my first series regular ever, which had so much potential, but it was ahead of its time. People still talk about that show today. They're like, oh, I love that show. Why did it get, I was like, I don't know. Even the president at the time of, you know, that was just free form was back then was ABC family. Um, Even they moved forward and went to like MTV years later. And even I had a conversation with them and they're like, I should have never canceled huge. And I was like, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't have. Because it was one of those things where it was like, you pulled the trigger too quickly. And it was like, damn it. You know, you just would have waited. Um, it had a fan base, you know? So anyways, I was really hoping that I was like, this is the one that like, please make it into a series. And then we got season one and I was like, oh my gosh, we got a season. So I had not planned anything further than season one. Like I was like, they're going to like, see how cool this is. And either they're going to say yes, or they're going to can it. And then we got nominated you know and then we got the nominations for emmys we got so it was like season two season three and before you knew it it was just like like, the last three seasons have been a blur because that kind of happened during the pandemic and so we shot two seasons during the pandemic um which is just credit to this like crew they couldn't find like wood to build the sets because no one was delivering like during the pandemic there was no shipments of like actual like you know wood and labor like or uh you know uh, you tools and costume pieces and uh and fabric to make costume like they went above and beyond to make the show during the pandemic like our crew loves our show so much they went above and beyond like i applaud them because they're the best i uh i read for Nan- nando did you nandor? nandor nandor did you read for i nandor? read i went to allison jones office oh my god and read for her upstairs when you go upstairs yeah. and i read and i it's funny because i thought i killed it i had the accent i had all these things and then when i saw him uh like the actor do it i go oh my god he, I, I couldn't he's perfect yeah i mean it's just the casting in that overall is just everyone is just great yeah everyone has their own personality is there one in particular one actor that makes you laugh the most for some reason it's probably Kayvon. most of my scenes are with Kayvon and, and he plays nandor he's just a master of voices he can mimic anyone on set uh he can is he always joking always joking um also he'll He'll make a joke and then he'll remember and laugh at the, his own joke that he just made. <laughs> so he'll be like, like and then he'll be like, oh, and then he starts laughing. And, he's, and he knows that like, I rarely break character as Guillermo like on set because Guillermo's the only human and he's so contained because the vampires get to be over the top, great character of like, you know, almost like a farce, you know? And that's- They usually- improvise constantly? All the time. Like our show is made of 50% scripted and 50% You improvised. too. Yeah. Yours is 50% mm-hmm. improvised. That's why this cast, I've never been with a cast like this where everyone's firing on all cylinders. It's playing like hot potato and the potatoes never dropped. We had a, we had a season one take 
that ended up being about 20 seconds in the show, but we shot for maybe 28 minutes of improv. Just let the camera roll. 28 minutes of us going off script. It was like who, like it was a, a revolving door kind of thing where we were in the living room and Nandor's like, Guillermo. And I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in the fancy room. Guillermo, I'm over here, master. Guillermo. And he comes in through another door and I exit the other door. He's like, Guillermo. And then Naja comes in. So like, what are you yelling about? I'm looking for Guillermo. Oh, I just saw him in the other room. He goes that room. Like it was like, like just for kept 26 going. minutes for 26 minutes. No one yelled cut. And you'll never see that footage because it was only 20 seconds of it that you needed for the In the show. beginning, was it intimidating to for them to go, keep going, add, improvise, go? I don't, for me, no, because I tend to want to improvise a lot. And that, you know, that's not usually the norm. Like in the scripted series, like, you know, you'll have, obviously, you know, you get on certain shows and they're like, this has to be verbatim. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is why, like, so you can't paraphrase, you can't add words. I like a little bit of like ad lib because it makes it feel organic. It makes you feel like these characters are real. They're not like just like, I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, like it's not like, you know, so to the T that it's just like, ah, Um, I like improvising. So for me, it was fun. I, you tell me to improvise, improvise all day long. So the lines are written. So you have to read certain lines. These are the lines we want you to say. Yeah. And then do whatever you want. Yeah. So we'll always do a take with the scripted version. And that's what Taika and Jermaine, what's so lovely is they set this rule up for us. Even though like now they're, you know, doing projects all over the world and stuff and they'll come and say hi once in a while. But like it's now been handed over to our amazing EPs, um, you know, Paul and Stephanie uh, and Sarah Naftalis, who are amazing at continuing that tradition where they go get one as script written, you know, which is already the scripts are biased. If we didn't improvise on the show, it's the still scripts be good. are good. Like they're good. They're so good that we get the the freedom to do one scripted version, and then they go. We call it funsies. So then, so Yana Gorskaya, our director, Kyle Nuitchek, our director, goes, "All right, funsies," or Yana will go, "Funsies," you know, which means that we got what we wanted. We got the take scripted. Now have fun. And I usually the episode that. is fifty percent scripted and fifty percent improvised. Who has the most lines? I would say Nandor because. I, I mean, like, well, he's kind of like, he's the lead of the show and his storyline is always revolving some kind of adventure. And it's kind of hard to like say, but I would say him because he has all of these like monologues where he talks about like his past life or whatnot. Yeah. But now looking at it because of the past seasons, I feel like everyone's kind of had the, a season where like, it's like, it's like last season, last season was nausea or this season is nausea heavy. Where like she had tons of lines to learn because she's the nightclub. She, you know, she's, I don't want to do spoilers, but like she opens a nightclub right. uh, and um, she's dealing with being a boss, uh, money, blah, blah. So she has a lot this season. So it's like a nausea heavy. And you guys have a lot of time to memorize lines because they have them all written by. Uh... Mm, even though they have the funny part of the show is that they keep the tradition alive, like the movie where they don't tell the actors what the storyline is. And to this day. Like, I don't know what this next season is, but I already have friends who are actors who have told me that they're auditioning for the show. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to play blank blank, your blah, blah, blah. What? And he's like, yeah, I'm blah, blah, blah. They're auditioning right now for this part for season for episode 505 or whatever. Wow. And I'm like, I don't know what the first word of the sentence of the first script is of the season. Wow. And, you know, which is kind of like a little bit like jarring because it's like for me, for my character, he's human. So I would like a little bit of preparation, you know, to like he's mentally. He's familiar. He's a familiar. And so 
the season, the first season was hard for me because at the end of the day, the vampires would wrap their storylines in the episode. Like they were like, we figure out how to work email, you know, it solves itself. Colin gets a promotion at work. It solves itself for the end of the episode. But Guillermo like was sprinkling throughout the whole thing to lead to something, um, a big reveal, you know, and I would like to know what that reveal is. So I know what to sprinkle along the way. Right. So then it makes sense. Otherwise yeah. I look an idiot at the end of the season, they go, and surprise, you're this. And you're like, you're oh. a vampire slayer. Well, I would have liked <laughs> to sprinkle something they hint, you know, or maybe not hint it, but my process would have been a little bit different. You know what I mean? Right. If I knew that, if I, if I didn't know that I was a vampire, then leave it alone. I don't want to know because it's organic. I don't know that I'm a vampire slayer. But if I knew something that came up in the, in the future from my past, that would have been nice to know. You know what I mean? Right. So there's those moments where you're like, oh, I wish I knew, but it does make for it to feel like a real mockumentary, you know, or yeah. documentary. It's a mockumentary, but it keeps you on your toes. Obviously. Do you ever, do you ever feel like saying, Hey Taika, if you need anybody in any of your Marvel movies? Oh yeah. We always joke. Always around. Jo- I mean, I feel like, he's he, like don't worry. y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the last time we talked and I said something? Oh yeah. I was just making a joke of like being Star Wars or something. And he's like, you're not old enough. And I was like, I'm not old. I'm old. I put me in. Co-. Like, it was like, you know, he makes a joke that I was like a baby of the group. And I was like, I think I'm old enough. I think I can, I can grow a beard. I'm old. <laughs> uh, this is called shit talking with Harvey Guillen. This is, <laughs> these are my patrons, the top tier patrons. Mm. They get to ask some questions, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. These people, they're, they're amazing. My patrons support the podcast and mm. they get to ask some questions. Great. So this is rapid fire. Okay. So you could just, here we go. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, good. Raj, have you ever met a Colin in real life that drained you just from having to interact with them? Yes, absolutely. Not. I feel like not so much. <laughs> we all have one. We all have, yeah. We all have we a all Colin. We all have a Colin. <laughs> the um, energy vampire. Yeah, I feel like we all, is, I mean, not so much maybe in the industry because actors tend to be entertaining and fun and wonderful and bubbly. But there is sometimes someone who works maybe an event or something or, yeah, it, I think I had one time, um, it was someone like someone's manager or something. And it was like, you're, you're Colin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what is it, their names, but. <laughs> Michelle K. Saw you at the last Comic-Con in Raleigh. Wondering how you like conventions since you, you're new to the scene. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Um, I like them. Like, again, I love meeting uh, the fans, I think they've been, you know, so supportive of the show and and of my career in general. So I love meeting, especially when a fan comes up and says that they see themselves on screen. Because, you know, for so long, all those check marks that were against me, like being queer, plus size, Latine, those were all strikes against me in this industry when I first got started. Not anymore. And those are all my strengths. They've always been my strengths. And Isn't now, that beautiful? Yeah. And people are finally seeing them as my strength. And someone's watching me on screen saying... I didn't see myself represented on screen, but I feel seen when I see you and have tears in their eyes. So that work, that alone is worth going to all the cons. Wow, that's awesome. Leanne P. loved your work in Reacher. What was it like working with Alan Richin? Is he as nice on the set as he is in person? He's such a professional. Like, he's so, like, that guy's schedule is crazy. Like, he was working six six days a week, and he has a family and mm-hmm. and still, you know, devoted to them and, and making quality time with his kids. And... Uh, super funny, not just a serious guy, but he has a really funny side. Uh, but that guy's like this, go, go, go. He was go, on the go. podcast and he really got deep and talked about like when he tried to um, uh, kill himself yeah, and his depression. And, and it was just, it was, 
it was good to hear from a lot to a lot of people out yeah. there who are suffering from that stuff. And yeah. like, he was just really raw and honest. So and it's I important really for him it. to 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 show that side because we wouldn't assume that. You know, sometimes you watch somebody, and you're like, oh no, he's a big tough guy, like you know, but he's a soft, you know, has a soft yeah. side. And I'm glad that he shared that story because someone out there is going to benefit from that. You know, Amen. Uh, Brandy D loved him on The Magicians. Do you have a favorite moment from filming that series? And by the way, was there a lot of drama on that series? I didn't have a lot of drama. But did you see a lot of drama? I had a wonderful time. (laughs) You looked at me like, holy shit. Uh, I mean, the show's over now. uh, Yeah, the show's over. Um, I I think I came into a a already... (laughs) I came into a a steam train already like in full motion, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when I came to set, I, I, I had a lovely time. Like, I had a lovely time. Everyone, every cast member was lovely to me. Um, whether people have like, you know, quorums or something or favorites or whatnot. Um, I've noticed that for me, if it doesn't uh, entail anything to do with me, like it's like, oh, then, you know. It's fine as long as it doesn't fine. affect me. <laughs> but that terrible. being said. That sounds terrible. No, because the first person I met on set was Hale. And Hale and I are, are friends to this. I call him one of my He's closest friends. He's a nice guy. I met him. super nice guy. Uh, we just we just gelled well, you know. And uh, Summer was the second person, and mm-hmm. to this day, talked to Summer. Um, and everyone I met w- has been lovely, um, and lovely to me. And they've had a great, you know. I think it's hard because they're all in the same age gr- range, and um, I think there's discrepancies of like um, tiers, you know, of like who, like who's maybe, the lead, who's, who's the, the lead, who's not. And that's such an ensemble show, but there is leads, you know, right? And there is leads and whatnot. But uh, they made me feel comfortable. And that's all I can say is that made me always feel comfortable. Okay. Um, but I would hear as any set, you know, I think always, but, uh, uh, but yeah, what do you expect with just a, a cast full there's of a little talented? There's a little chaos. They're all talented. They're all young. They're all beautiful, lovely. You know, there's bound to be a little bit of sparks or not or negativity or whatnot. And that's sure. what that resets. So, that's all you'll say. That's all I say. <laughs> do you have a favorite moment from filming that series? Um, I did love shooting on the Munchak, the, the boat. The um, it was really sad to see the way the character for my character, the the way they kind of um, wrap their 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 human life form, uh, because in the book he dies very differently, and in the series um, we've dealt with something really serious, which is depression, and he had this key that kind of um, this wonderful uh, character that seemed so bubbly and on point and always structured was holding a deep secret, which was depression, and uh, when the truth came out, um, he jumped off the ship and a dragon comes out and eats him. <laughs> and when you go through the belly of a dragon, which is played by the creator, Sarah, um, her voice anyways, uh, you go through purgatory. And so you're not dead. You're in purgatory, which was nice because they saved him and they brought him back for future seasons. But I, that episode was really special because I was like, I hope people, you know, this starts a conversation about um, checking in with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christy, what's your dream role to play? Oh, my dream role to play... I'd love to do like a queer rom-com adventure or something like superhero um, or like a a villain, you know, I haven't really got to play a villain yet. And I think that'd be like juicy and I don't know. So maybe a rom-com, a queer rom-com or some kind of action packed um, thriller as a lead. And I would think, yeah, those are the good ones. Yeah, I think those are good. He said that one, but those are No, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, do you do you at all deal with any depression now or any anxiety now, or do you mostly have it under control? 
I mean, I deal with anxiety just when it's like, oh, scheduling and stuff that gives me anxiety, you know, or disappointing like someone uh, gives me anxiety, but not severe anxiety. Like, it's just like something that I can, okay, take a breather, relax, you know, and like deal with it. But you never had issues with that. Not, not, no, not deep like that. Um, I think I've always overcompensated by, I always see the glass half full to the point where I like have been in a place where I don't even allow myself to fall into a depression, which means because I know things get bad, but at a young age, I chose to look at things like things are bad, but they could always be worse. You know what I mean? And that mentality of me never allowed me to fall into a deep because I could have looked at my childhood and like pretty had a reason to fall into a deep, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't. And I look back and it's only credit to like kind of becoming your own cheer team and your own like, no, it's like things can always be worse. So yes, things are bad. Deal with them. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to feel. And you do you cry a lot. I do cry. I do cry. Uh, I cry. And I allow myself to cry all the time. And I think because I did that as a kid and it wasn't like manly, um, I never stopped myself from crying. Like if I want to cry, I'm going to cry. If I cry watching a movie, if you tell me a story and I cry, I want to cry. I'm going to cry, you know, thinking yeah. about it. And that's okay. And I think because I allow myself to do that, it doesn't hold or fester inside of me like save it for later just don't do it you know what i mean i don't do that yeah because i allow my feelings to feel in the moment i don't fall into like a depression holding it back because i'm not holding and keeping it to myself and i think because of that for me i can't speak for everyone else for me that works and uh and yeah you have your you have your bad days you know Mm -hmm. and you have a, a depressing day and you talk to like you know someone or you talk to a friend or a special or something but like it's never to the point where i don't I can't function or I can't control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If your father was here today, what would you want to say to him Mm. that you didn't get to say? That I didn't get to say? Yeah, because he passed away quickly, right? Well, the thing is that with him, I feel like I did tell him all the time. He knew. He knew. Yeah. And I, and I, I always tell, I always said, I love you, pa, which means dad or uh, pa, you know? Um, and so I think he knew, I think I would ask him more, um, what did he see us? Cause we recently did a lot of things that were on our bucket list to do with our dad. Like he always wanted to be in the VIP area, of the Dodgers game. Cause he's the one who loved Dodgers so much. Right. So we would always get nosebleed sections cause he could afford with a family of like, you know, three boys, one girl and himself. So you would always buy those ones. And that alone was a luxury, you know? And yeah. so I got to the place recently after his passing where I was in the Jumbotron at Dodger Stadium with my name. So I would ask him, um, what did you think of that moment? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. He'd be super proud. I think I so. know he was proud. Yeah. Um, this has been fantastic. You've been such an easygoing, fun, loving guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for allowing me to be inside of you. <laughs> That's what we say here on the show. <laughs> yeah. And um, I love your podcast. And as you know, we have a Shadows podcast, Behind the Shadows. Yes. Where can people listen to that? Anywhere you listen to your podcast, Behind the Shadows. Look for us on socials as well. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And Behind the Shadows uh, episode for every episode on the air is an episode 
of the podcast. And who talks on the podcast? You, I do. I'm the host. Just you. Um, well, I have guest stars. So every like we have Anoop Desai who plays the gene this season. We have uh, Fred Armisen who plays a familiar this season's oh. on. Kristen Shaw's on it. Uh, Mark's on it. We talk Did about you have Doug Jones. We had Doug Jones in the past. Yeah, I love it. I had him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he amazing? So great. He was so good as that character. What character was it? The Baron. The Baron. Yeah. he was so good. That fight body and outside. The language. Oh, and you God. get to fight a lot too. I see your choreography and the way you move that stick. Yeah. Yeah, people it's, don't think that's cr- me. That's you. That's me. That's crazy. People. How many hours do you work on that? Well, the making of that, like they teach it to us in an hour and then you have to go and go over it over and over and over. So you learn the steps and the stick was my idea, which I, looking back, I was like, why did I request? Like I didn't request it, but I recommended it. And I was like, what if he went to London and he picked up a, a new character trait, you know, like a new skill. And they're like, what? And I was like, well, he's always really good at fighting and he's been away for a year. We don't know what he did in a year. I don't know him. You know, it's like he's been away for a year. He could have done something for a year. We don't know about. And they're like, we like that. What if he picked up like, you know, some of this work with stick? And I was like, I love it. So they taught it to me really quickly. And then I had to go away and go over it over and over. I had about like five days to like perfect it. You nailed it. And I was just like, well, I, it's going to live forever. So I got to make it. Did perfect. the crew cheer? Yeah, they were like the. I remember costume looking at me because we had to run it for the first time with the cape, the or the trench coat that I wear. Right. And so they're like, "Is this going to interfere? What kind of move are you doing?" They didn't know what the move looked like. So then I did it, and it made like the flare of the cape go out. And they're like, "Oh wow, that looks cool." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "It looks cool." I don't want to look like an idiot doing it, you know. Awesome. So doing my own stunt, things to take, and and everyone at the stunt group at Shadows who helped out. But yeah, I love doing the stunt stuff. I really do. I also love. That you're seeing someone who looks like me be a badass on screen, which is not the norm. I, I would like to count in one hand how many times you've seen, you know, yeah. plus size people kick ass. And it's not the norm. So I... It is now. It is now. And I want to see more of it. I love it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Funny. Uh forthcoming mm-hmm. just uh open book an open book I, I didn't think there was anything i couldn't ask this guy yeah um so thank you harvey uh thank you for listening again if you enjoyed harvey i hope you'll subscribe and, and take a shot and listen to some of the other episodes sometimes it's not even about the guest you learn more about people you don't know or you didn't know this about um so yeah, yeah. Big, big fan of what we do in the shadows is great to see the yeah. real person Right? He's just a good dude. He's a good dude, and it's yeah. a great show. Great show. I really loved it. I love the movie, too, didn't you? Oh, it's hilarious. Movie is epic. Just epic. Uh, top-tier patrons get their names shouted out, and uh, just join Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash inside. You become a member uh, of Patreon, and uh, it's a great community. People are, have become friends, found friendships and other stuff, and it's uh, it's really cool. So patreon.com slash inside. You become a member, and I will uh, send you a message. Here are the top tiers. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Kristen K, Raj C, Joshua D, CJP, Jennifer N, Stacy L, 
Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly E, Mike E, L, Don Supremo, 99 more, Amira, San Diego M, Chad, D, W, W is correct, Leanne P, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy, D, correct, Chad L, Marion, Dan, uh, R, N, N, Big Stevie, W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, Camille S, The Chief, Joey M, Design OTG, Eugene and Leah, Nikki G, Corey, Katie B, Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando C, Caroline R, Christine S, Sarah S, Eric H, Shane R, Emmett R, Jeremy V, Andrew M. Zodoichi, mm-hmm. 77. Oracle, Chris R., Michael F., Karina N., My- Michelle D., Amanda R., Amanda S., Jen B., Kevin E., Katie Red, Stephanie K., Lena 82, Jorel, and Billy S. Don't know what I would do without you guys. Top tier, um, top tier patrons. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. You have anything you want to tell me? no well you heard it first from ryan uh thanks guys for listening it means the world to me that you continue to listen and support this podcast i hope you have a terrific week be good to yourself most importantly uh that's the most important thing you have to be good to yourself learn to love yourself right man we gotta love ourselves bro um hey from myself michael rosamond in the hollywood hills of california i'm ryan tails the wave of the camera hey thanks for listening and uh Until next time, we'll see you. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.